in the case of Gillette, it was uh, the team at Populous. They did a fantastic job with that whole North End Zone mm-hmm. renovation. Assembly Row was uh, Tim Mount at Streetworks. Um, so they're really coming up with great stuff, and and we are fortunate to be able to uh, build it and work with Dactronic to provide the LEDs. Hello, and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today, we're joined by Mike McCarthy, Vice President of DCL, to talk about some outside-the-box projects from channel letters at Gillette Stadium to twisting indoor displays and much more. We're here today with Mike from DCL. Mike, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm here with Matt Anderson, of course. Hello, Mike. And- Hi. Uh, today we wanted to talk about DCL, Design Communications Limited, um, and a little bit about uh, the background of the company and, and how Dactronics and the company work together. But first, can we start with with your history, Mike, and kind of tell us how you got to where you're at today? Sure. So uh, I've been with DCL for just about 25 years, and I actually got hired at DCL the day after I graduated college. So I really went oh. right from, from college to DCL. Uh, in college, I went to the University of Massachusetts and I double majored in visual art and mechanical engineering. And that turned out to be a, a perfect combo uh, for DCL because that's kind of what we do. We combine art and engineering and fabrication and building and, and so forth. And uh, that really made it for a perfect uh, match. And I started in the engineering department um, long time ago now and worked in the engineering department for a number of years and then eventually got into management and just sort of making sure that we're always uh, getting uh, product out the door and, and keeping our clients happy. Awesome. And so like starting out then out of college, was it an internship then kind of into the company or was it a straight into a full-time? It was straight into a full-time. It was June. Uh, you know, I oh. applied as I, as I was about to graduate. I applied to a bunch of places and DCL saw my resume and, and liked the combination of uh, art and engineering and gave me a call and the rest is a, a quarter century of history, I guess. <laughs> That's nice. awesome. Because I was just thinking, you know, I mean, with, with your double major being what it was, what what is it kind of about? Is it your, I don't say it's, it's your personality, but you like technical things, but visual arts types of things. Like what is, did you have like previous jobs prior to how did you kind of know that that's what you wanted to end up going into? Well, I didn't. I I really liked uh, movies like Jurassic Park and so forth, and I thought I wanted to do animatronics. And so I was going to do sort of a robotics thing and a sculpture thing combined. That's really what I was aiming for. Okay. Uh, And I figured I would end up moving to California. I'm born and raised in Boston. And then uh, DCL kind of responded back to me, and they were in Boston. I thought, oh, that's a good start. And uh, went and and met with the uh, ownership and uh, seemed like a a great fit. And they were doing really uh, exciting projects for theme parks and really the kind of world that I was interested in anyhow. And so I jumped right into the engineering department and uh, loved it and loved the people and loved the, the methodology of bringing designs to life and uh, figuring out how to do things. And Mm -hmm. there we go. This was a a great fit for me. 
Yeah, it sounds like a, a perfect timing too, and and a, a natural fit for what you were looking to do. And it did you said a little bit they were working on some theme parks at DCL? Is that kind of the the scope of what DCL does? And it, maybe you can expand on that and say what you started doing there and kind of how DCL has grown. Sure. So uh, at the time we were doing a lot of theme parks, and and that's really continued for the last twenty five years. We do a lot of theme park work. Um, we manufacture in two places. We manufacture here in Boston and we manufacture in Orlando and Orlando, uh, ends up doing a lot of theme park work. We do some here in Boston as well, but that is absolutely still a component of what we do. Um, we really work on a a variety of different projects. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, stadium work, sports work. And I know we're going to chat about that a little bit today. Mm -hmm. Um, we do a lot of placemaking. Uh, we just did a, a fantastic project in Cleveland, uh, Playhouse Square, which is a, uh, an area of Cleveland that has uh, the largest collection of performance theaters anywhere outside of New York City. Uh, and wow. we did a bunch of really cool tech pieces there and a, a giant exterior chandelier and, and a bunch of cool things. Um, and we do a lot of interior wayfinding. Hmm. Sort of going away from the tech end, we do signage and uh, restroom signs and and wall graphics and all those things. So it really runs the gamut from uh, low tech to high tech uh, between the work that we do with you guys, and and we'll talk about that, to projection mapping, to gestural sensing and LIDAR sensors and all those kind of things. And uh, that's a real fun component of it, just um, doing anything and everything in between in the world of uh, architectural graphics and the built environment and realizing uh, experiential designers' visions uh, and getting those to be reality. That's that's the fun part. I could definitely see why you were attracted to that, even thinking of your Jurassic Park comment mm-hmm. and the animatronics. That's a, a lot of different cool markets to be a part of. And you, you started to kind of answer there at the end with the different levels of technology you work with. Is it I'm thinking even just like with theme parks, how like what does DCL do? Are you working with other people when there's like an upgrade to the park when it's when it's brand new? Like you mentioned helping out with signage. I'm just kind of curious, like what areas does DCL fit in when you come in in contact with these customers for their projects? Yeah, and so we well, we the only thing we don't do is we don't design anything here. So uh, DCL will do no design. We won't pick the colors. We won't pick the fonts. We won't pick, you know, oh, this should be a, a installation based on the C or, or so forth. That's what our clients do. Our clients come up with the design and the vision, and we figure out how to make it. Oh. So, uh, you know, if it's a theme park, the, the creators of the theme park may say, hey, for this ride surround, uh, this is what we want it to be, and, and we may help with um, not only the signage of the ride, but the the queue line and um, other aspects that you would see as you're sort of in that ride and and waiting to go on. That would be common. At a stadium, they may say, "Hey, you know, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for a big giant logo right here that lights up and and is fully programmable and dynamic." They may say, "We're looking for kiosks that can help us control parking, and we want them to look like this." Can you figure? out how to build those and, and implement them with the technology into our stadium. Um, we want a giant sculpture here of our logo or whatever it is. Um, but that is generally uh, created and envisioned by the designer, engineered, built, and installed by us. Okay, so that's so, where we come in. 
the communication of their design and, and bringing their design kind of in, into life and yeah. implementing it. Yeah. So Matt was looking at it. I was like, yeah, design communications limited. You don't do the actual design. You do the communication <laughs> of that design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So you bring that, that yeah. design to life. That's cool. Yeah. That's why we often just go by DCL little, little easier, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, the only thing we don't design, we don't do is design. So. <laughs> and I like that though. It's the cu- customer coming to you sometimes and saying, well, like, here this is, can you make it happen, right? Yeah. And you're saying, like, then you bring in, you know, whether it's us for a display or you're kind of making sure to bring in all the necessary parties to pull that project off, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's that's a, an interesting segue of how we work with you guys. You know, someone might, a designer might come to us and say, hey, here's, here's my vision mm-hmm. of the experience design I want to put together. Um, how, how can we do this? And if it, if it would deal with LEDs and programmable LEDs, you know, we could reach out to Dactronics or vice versa. Oftentimes you guys have reached out to us. So it's truly a partnership. Um, and we'd say, Hey, this is what we want to do. Let's figure out a way that we can do these. And, uh, we work directly with your engineers and we, uh, figure it out. And as we go through some of these uh, projects we're going to talk about, you'll see that sort of highlighted that we're going through the engineering, working with your product, working with uh, the power supplies and thinking about heat and heat transfer and venting and all those different things as we uh, figure out how we're going to do some of this uh, outside of the box kind of thinking. I think that you guys sort of come to us uh, often when, when your uh, displays are not going to be rectangular. Of some <laughs> <Sure. kind. laughs> yeah. So that's often when we'll start working together. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm curious, though, you, you said you've been with DCL for 25 years. When did you first hear of Dactronics? Or had, had you heard of us be, before even working at DCL? Or, or when did Dactronics kind of come into your vocabulary, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of people, I had always seen the Dactronic name um, and, and scoreboards at high schools and things like that. So, uh, I mean, it, it's probably a, a name that everybody sort of half knows just by being always around it, uh, coming up and, and seeing scoreboards and uh, at football games or whatever. Um, you know, in here at DCL, we've been working together for as long as I can remember. So that's probably 20 plus years or, or longer. Um, so... I would say I feel like I've always known who Dactronics was, if that makes any <laughs> yeah. sense. If there was like a family feud question on have you ever heard of Dactronics and where first, I feel like, you know, it's it's their high school, all sports, someone using yeah. the controller for their high school board back when they went to high school always seemed like the, like the number one answer that people say when we ask that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then as you're, I always have a challenge where I'm always trying to explain what we do to, you know, friends and neighbors and teammates, parents, and, and so forth. So often Dactronics comes up because we'll be in a gym, you know, uh, my son's a football player and uh, my daughter does track and, and all different things. And so you sort of say, okay, well, see that scoreboard. We work with these guys all the time and it sort of helps shape uh, what we do uh, as we're kind of pointing out how we partner with Dactronics. 
yeah, that that takes care of some of the some of the markets, right? Because it sounds like yep. you guys do quite a bit more, but that that kind of helps lead a conversation, I'm sure. And you know, maybe we'll get into a few of those projects here really quick. One of the most recent ones that we worked on together was something uh, close to home for you in Boston with the Gillette Stadium lettering. Can you tell us a little about that project and kind of how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've been working with the Craft Group, uh, who owns the Patriots, for a number of years. We had changed out. Uh, their premium clubs in 2011. Uh, they were Fidelity and then uh, Putnam took them over and and we did all the graphics for that. We worked with uh, Gensler on that, uh, was the designer and we worked uh, with the people at Putnam and the craft group obviously to change those out. So through that process, we became familiar with the uh, team over there and uh, they're just a great team to work with and, and all the people there have been there for a, a tremendously long time. So uh, you know, a decade later, as they were doing their north end zone renovation project, uh, they worked with you guys to build the largest scoreboard in the NFL, as I'm sure you've talked about on this podcast <laughs> a number of times. Maybe. <laughs> and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And, uh, and over that, they said, okay, well, we want to put the Gillette Stadium logo. And as you know, naming rights and uh, logos and, and how that is, portrayed at all times um, both when the scoreboard is on and when the scoreboard is off is very important as far as the contracts of uh, some of these naming right situations go mm-hmm. and so they wanted big uh, giant letters that said Gillette Stadium uh, on top of the scoreboard and then uh, on either side of the lighthouse on the exterior of the renovation uh, and they had us take a look at that work and uh, and say, is this something that we could build? Um, time was tight because I think we only got this uh, in January of last year. So it was a, it was a pretty quick project. During that conversation, uh, they also said, hey, we're interested in potentially putting in some pylons as well, some information pylons, we would call them, uh, that would have giant or sizable LED boards in them, um, a few in our plaza, and then also throughout the Patriot Place development, which is the retail uh, and entertainment complex that surrounds the stadium. And so they said, would that be something you'd be able to provide for uh, essentially the same time period? So uh, we said, absolutely. We put a proposal together for them. And in that uh, in that process, we were talking to Dactronics, who had a previous relationship with uh with the craft group and said hey well you know we'd love to work with you the scoreboard is dectronics most of the work at the stadium is dectronics so this would be a perfect fit and we've we have such a long trusted partnership that would be the way to go and we were able to work that out your team had produced uh leds in letters previously uh but they had done so with a technology that uh, they weren't using anymore, and it sort of shifted and evolved over time. So mm-hmm. well, once again, it kind of came at a time where you were developing some technology, and we jumped in and sort of developed that with you and uh, partnered on that engineering. And And after we were awarded the job, that was that first process that we went on to was uh, working with your engineering team and saying, okay, well, how can we uh, get these letters, which are obviously – contoured curves and yeah. shapes and 
not right. squares. Not it's, a rectangle. It's a font, yep. it's a font <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. it's, it's a font. It's a, it's a capital G, which is uh, round. <laughs> it's a lowercase e at the end of Gillette, which is round. <laughs> yep, yep. So there's a lot of round shapes in there. Stadium starts with an S typically, right? So it's yep. just another round <laughs> letter. So there's, there's a lot of curves in there. And uh, figuring out how we could uh, get the giant letters that we built, and they're very, very large letters, uh, how we could get those to be uh, filled with programmable LEDs, the same sort of product that makes up the scoreboard uh, is what we were tasked with. And we partnered with your team to do so and uh, really came out beautifully. Yeah. And I I just want to put some perspective on that. We're not talking about tiny little letters here or, you know, you've mentioned some of the different signs that you, that you do like next to doorways and and saying, Hey, this is some wayfinding signage, but we're talking about on top of the largest end zone video board in sports, (laughs) which is 60 feet high by 370 feet wide. (laughs) The letters themselves are 14 feet high by 108 feet wide for that whole Gillette stadium. That that is correct. So they're very very large letters. Um, they're really really substantial. Uh, and and from that also comes, hey, how are we going to service these things? How are we going to get into them? How are mm-hmm. we going to change things out? Um, because everything requires service and and tweaking and and you know maybe replacing a module or whatever it is. And so that's another thing that we worked out with your team. How can we service these? given their size and given where they are. I mean, they're directly over the board. So uh, that was another part of what we had to work out. And I was kind of curious, too, when they when they came to you then with this project, was it, I mean, Justin mentioned the size of the letters and stuff. Do they do they always come to you? I know you, you said they, they kind of have the design when they come to you, but was is, is size always the same thing? Like, or do they give you different options? Because I got to imagine it's one of those things of, did they come to you and say, we always want these letters to be, what was it, 16 by 108? 14. Yeah. Or is there different because I know we run into that with customers a lot for these end zone boards, right? They want multiple options. What would it look like if it was this big versus this big? Was the yeah. Gillette same lettering kind of always set in that size or did you have wiggle room at all? No, it went bigger once. Okay. Um they originally came with one size and then they said, wait a second, I think we want to make it bigger. And they did. And so I think it, it, there was one revision where it uh jumped up a size. Okay, so, yeah. We don't know if, you, it, it, if you're on the back end saying, oh, this can only support this size load, oh, so it has to be that. limited, or if you're saying, no, yes, this size is capable of <laughs> yeah. this engineering, or if you're involved in that at all as well. We, well, we certainly are, and in many cases that, that might be a constraint. This wasn't. This had its own sure. sort of engineering uh, constraints. There's a match plate assembly under the E on Gillette which is a custom slide bearing assembly that can slide left to right with the movement of the stadium at its main expansion joint. So that was pretty complicated because sort of where the stadium slides. So um, that I would say was certainly an engineering feat to (laughs) to make those work. And the the size of the steel structure that supports these letters, because these letters are really standalone letters. Mm -hmm. You know, the wind can be hitting them at either side. Oh yeah. Um, So they're, they're, they have to really support their own weight and they're very, very strong. But um, working with that expansion joint was a challenge. So there was a tremendous amount of engineering that went into this, not only on the working with you guys to uh, figure out the LED components, but also in terms of just the structural engineering um, was a big feat. And everybody's moving quick and there's a lot yep. happening and, <laughs> and and so forth. Now we have, a, we have a pretty big facility here and we're only uh, 25 minutes from oh, nice. the stadium so that 
worked out well. Uh, our facility here in Boston is 137,000 square feet. So we can build some really big things. We have a, yeah. a section of our facility that is 39 foot ceilings and we were able to build the letters in there and put them together and then drive a truck in and, and lift the letters up onto the truck and drive it over to the stadium. So oh, okay. um, that worked out really well. And uh, having, having the stadium so close certainly was an advantage. Although the, the stadium that we had done prior to this was SoFi Stadium, which is in Los Angeles, which is literally the other side of the country from Boston. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we have to do, but uh, having 25 minutes away was nice. Yeah, and I'm thinking even, I mean, I I was curious about the size options because it makes mm-hmm. sense that they end up going bigger because I wasn't even thinking the structural stuff like you asked, Justin. Yeah. I was more like everything in conceptual looks a certain way, right? But it's different when you see it in person, and it was one of those – with this video board being so gigantic, you don't want it to look silly, right? <laughs> you don't want tiny yeah. lettering at the top. Yeah. It still has to make sure it, and stand out even being a part of something like that. So that's kind of where I was going with that question, too, and it makes sense to bring it up a size or so that it doesn't get lost, I guess, in, in the display itself. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. And so the first night that we put it in, um, we put it in right before the first preseason game. We put the word Gillette in. Mm-hmm. And so we – you know, screwed the the last quadrant of Gillette because we built in four sections. We screwed the last quadrant in around 1 p.m. and the game was at 7 p.m. And so sure enough, we were all watching that game, the preseason game that night. And when it's just Gillette, it looked a little weird, right? You're thinking, oh man, (laughs) is this right? And and is this the right, is this going to look good? And then by the time the next preseason game came, um, stadium was up. And so then we got to watch on TV where it said Gillette and stadium on the board. And, and then that made everything fit. That balanced it out. It looked good. But yeah, there was a moment where we were, we were saying, Oh Jesus, is this, is this going to look small? Should have went bigger. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. With the two of them, it really looks good. And, and I think their design uh, nailed it because it looks fantastic. And I'm at the stadium often for different things. And when you see it in person, it looks fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's important. So it, and I think it looks really good on TV too. Looks awesome when the jets fly over it. Uh, I think last time they had a salute to service game a couple weeks ago, and they had shots of the. Uh, I think there are helicopters coming over, and it looked fantastic. Looked really cool. That's yeah, awesome. I'm sure that gets a lot of attention during flyovers yeah. too. And and you know, you mentioned another part of this project too with with Gillette or with the craft group is those pylons, those double sided pylons in the plaza yeah. area that kind of lead out to the parking lot. Was that on a similar timeline or and similar working with Dactronics, or how did that one go? Yeah, absolutely. And and this was a little easier in the uh, Dactronics engineering because ultimately the. Uh, the LEDs are rectangles are are inside them. Sure. But yeah, there, we have five of them in the uh, plaza, uh, which was the renovation for um, for this season. Mm-hmm. So those all had to be complete uh, in the same time frame. Those went in after the letters because uh, we needed them to finish all the concrete work and all the groundwork uh, right there. And so those went in right before the first game. But those are Dactronics too. And everything is run off Dactronics control systems and sort of working with that one partner makes everything a lot easier um, as we're going back and forth. And I'm sure for the craft group as well, uh, it, everything really works seamlessly. And when you're when you're there and you sort of see all those kiosks and you see the letters mm-hmm. and, and the scoreboards uh, inside the stadium, it, it really looks 
um, high tech, which I think is something a lot of stadiums are looking at now. You know, some of these stadiums are all of a sudden 20 years old, maybe more. They say, hey, you know, how can we update so that we look like uh, some of the newer stadiums and so that we look fresh and new and, and high tech and and those informational kiosks are certainly a way to do that, especially if it works with uh, an entertainment district yep. uh, that sort of surrounds the stadium, which are becoming more and more popular as well, as you know. So that that's really what we did, too, is uh, put those kiosks all throughout the uh, uh, Patriot Place development. Okay, and that's kind of the question I was going to, is, is you hit on it, right, a trend being these entertainment districts going up around stadiums and arenas and right. – Justin, we were at the a game to go. We did a podcast there about yep. two, three weeks ago, right? And like you said, it's definitely something else when you see it in person. But um, you being around there for a while, I mean, it was our first time there. That the whole Patriots place that that does surround that has that. I mean, has that just been growing year after year? I think you had mentioned like oh, 2011 yeah. when you first started going there. Like, what was it like then versus now? Oh yeah, I mean that's grown. Uh, that's grown uh, tremendously. Uh, again, I'm. <laughs> I'm a neighbor to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we go there all the time. My doctor's office is there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, if we go to dinner, that's where we go. If we go to the movies, that's where we go. Wow. Um, so for the surrounding towns and areas and, and a lot of people in the Boston area, uh, Patriot Place is someplace that we go you know, 52 weeks a year, not just from August till uh, January when the Patriots are playing. Yeah, it sounds like its own community there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fantastic, and they have a lot of events and everything too. It's it's a it's a great spot. Um, they'll have a tree lighting coming up soon, and they'll have concerts there, and they'll <laughs> have different events for kids if you have little kids. So, um, yeah, it really is a community spot. It's a it's a terrific uh, development. That's that, awesome. I was gonna say that's kind of cool, especially with the. I mean, coming in with the kiosks. I don't know, sometimes we call them street furniture. <laughs> Our site has been dubbed mm-hmm. term, but it's. I mean, with it growing like that, it's just the amount of foot traffic and everything going yeah. on around there. Having something like that, I mean, you mentioned the aesthetics is makes you look like more of a high-tech, up-to-date thing. But there's also part of it, too, of, right, I think you said wayfinding or mm-hmm. these things of, like, people may wonder what time is kickoff or what's the next event coming up. So it definitely, I mean, it fit in nice when we were walking around the plaza, Justin, right? Did, like, you yeah. see those pylons and they kind of almost just led up right to that, that north entrance there. Yeah, absolutely. Or rules. Right, because there's more and more rules all the time. For instance, you have to have a clear bag oh, yep. if you're going to go in the stadium. Yep. And if you ever go to an NFL game, you just see, as as it's approaching game time, so many people are walking in. They have a big backpack with them, yeah. and they've they've walked you know 25 minutes from their car, and you're thinking, uh oh, you're going to be turning turn around. around you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not bringing that in. And so, <laughs> just to get information out like that can be great. You know, we've worked on another project. Uh, another stadium where uh, they used it for parking information, hmm. right? At the beginning of the game, it says, you know, come in here to the left. As you're leaving, it says, come out to the right and and sort of changes. And it can change with the venue as well because the graphics can be anything. So if it's an yeah. NFL game, that's one thing. If it's a concert, it's another. And maybe it has the concert graphics, whatever. But uh, everything's very updatable. And as we build it into a kiosk, um, our kiosk, for instance, say, Enel Plaza, Yep. Um, on some of them, and they say Gillette Stadium on others. So the sponsor information is a permanent part of the kiosk, uh, and so the sponsor who is uh, paid for those naming rights, their information or their ID is static, 
and thus doesn't change. Oh, okay. And so it always says in El Plaza, and that's always lit above there, um, which is important to the people who are sponsoring these um, areas, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. That's that's usually um, written right into the contract that that has to be shown at all times. So when we build it into a kiosk, that's uh, often part of it, and then that works for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I had another question here, and maybe this will lead into one of the other projects that we're going to talk about. But um, with the Gillette Stadium lettering, like those seem like they're huge letters. And then and in Al Plaza, those might be um, not quite as large as those letters, right? But on the projects that we work together with, is that considered uh, a larger project for, for DCL? Or is that kind of an average project that you guys uh, run into? We do pretty big projects. And yeah. we've done pretty big projects together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's certainly not the largest. We do we do pretty big stuff, and mm-hmm. we do pretty big stuff with Dectronic. So uh, we do small jobs as well, but, uh, yeah, a lot of the things that we've done together have been pretty large. Yeah, and, and one of those things is the, the conversation at Assembly Row. Yeah. That's another one that's the, the talking heads, right? It's kind of got three different yeah. names that refer to it, but maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about that project. That's an all, also a, a very large uh, project. It's a, it's three multi-story heads, um, very very large, and they are uh, they surround a five or six story parking garage, hmm. and so that's how large they are. And really, what they are, um, they can be seen from the outside of the parking garage as giant LED installations. But inside the parking garage, light transpires or tra- passes through them, and you can see outside. So you can tell: is it day? Is it night? Um, they are essentially transparent. And so we worked with Dactronics to again figure out how to make this and have it as something that you could sort of see through from the garage, but would look um, essentially solid from outside the garage. And so we used LED sticks. We use a, a 25 millimeter stick and then we space them 75 millimeters apart on center and oh, so yeah. if you're in the garage you can see through and from outside it looks like a big led screen now what's really interesting about those three heads is they are used for public art okay and so uh it's always the three heads two or one looks to the right one looks to the left and there's one in the center that essentially looks forward and it's the outline of a head mm-hmm. and inside those are essentially three canvases for digital artists to create art on. And Federal Realty Trust, who's the uh, owner of the property, worked with a designer, um, Streetworks, and uh, Streetworks uh, came up with this great idea. And really, they use it as a way to engage with the community and solicit uh, digital artists to create public art. And each time new art comes up, it gets more eyes on the uh, development and more eyes on the screens and and gives the community a way to be connected to that uh, really cool mixed-use uh, facility at Assembly Row. So it, it, some of the design community that's coming up with these projects are uh, really, really brilliant. In the, in the case of Gillette, it was uh, the team at Populous. We did a fantastic job with that whole North End Zone mm-hmm. renovation. Assembly Row was uh, Tim Mount at Streetworks. Um, so they're really coming up with great stuff, and, and we are fortunate to be able to uh, build it and work with Dactronics to uh, provide the LEDs. 
Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna put some links in the show notes here because we're yes. talking about some very visual things here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There will be some pictures huh? in this, and we'll link to to some news releases to see some pictures and hear more, uh, read more about these because there's a lot kind of going on here. When you say, "Yeah, three heads and one facing left, one right, one in the middle," we want you to be able to understand what we mean. That would be great. I, I you know I feel like I'm on the radio here as I'm trying to describe <laughs> it. Like, Orson Welles War of the World kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh man, I am not doing this thing justice. It's really impressive to see. You can yeah. you can see it from the highway, and then when you're there at the development, it's just really awe inspiring. And again, the the communi- the uh, connection to the public artists uh, is fantastic. So that just really engages the community. I so said that was a common thing Justin and I ran into when starting the podcast is the, oh, you're a visual company and you're going to do an audio podcast. <laughs> right. It's like, we're going to be really good at explaining how yeah. these things look, and then we'll make and, sure to put pictures in the show notes. Yeah. And, and I'm not so good at it. And as I was just explaining <laughs> it to row, I was like, this description is terrible. <laughs> no, I think you did all right. And and it'll it'll make way more <laughs> yeah. sense when they see the picture with it. They'll be like, yes. okay, yeah, he was he was on point there. He knew what he was doing. And so, but so with this this talking heads one, and I mean it's another great example of just not a, a rectangle. Not that rectangles are bad, but just it makes it a little more unique. Um, with it being that transparent, was that always part of the project or was that like one of the, uh, we talked about sometimes projects have multiple options. Was it always a requirement that this had to be yeah. you know, like a stick product so that it was kind of see-through from the inside? Because I'd imagine you don't want to just block off a whole bunch yeah. of natural light in the parking ramp, right? Just that's, make it that's dark. Ex- that's exactly it. Then that natural light was always a consideration. So it, the links will be very helpful. But basically there's these giant, <laughs> three LED heads and then around it is a beautiful artistic print. And that print is a scrim material called facet, which is a printable fabric, but it's a screen. And so you can sort of see through that uh, screen from the garage as well. So yeah, it was, it was always intended to be uh, transparent and that is why we chose the stick um, product, but from any distance whatsoever, uh, you can really see the LEDs as a, as sort of one visual screen. Oh, yeah. So your eye fills in um, that 75 millimeter space in between them uh, is is easily uh, sort of blends together as you're a little bit away. Yeah, and we've been talking about some, like you said, some big things. It's 14 foot high letters or uh, these these heads that cover the entire side of a parking garage. And and these are big outdoor projects that can be seen from a long ways away. But we've also worked on some indoor projects um, together as well, one of those being um, the star at Complexity Gaming in Dallas. And it's got some kind of unique shape displays inside there that we worked with you on. Can you tell us a little about that project too? Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, uh, again, NFL-related. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys own complexity, which I believe is an e-gaming facility. Mm -hmm. Um, And iCrave, who's a design team that we work with, came to us and said, hey, we want to make this giant uh, 64-foot-long twisted ribbon that cascades throughout the entire facility. Can you do it? (laughs) And it was meant to be full LED, and I I think it it carries the stats of the uh, game competitions that are going on. It carries other information. Um, but it sort of scrolls throughout full graphics, um, scroll throughout the ribbon, which again, twists throughout. And, uh, we said, absolutely. We can figure it out. We joined up with Dactronics again. And in that case, uh, it's interesting because there's two sides. One side of the ribbon faces the window. The other faces the inside. 
On the outside, we have brighter but lower resolution LEDs. On the inside, we have less bright but higher resolution LEDs, mm. all of which are with a three-inch faceted strip LED because it needs to be segmented so that it can turn and shift and twist uh, as it goes around. Now, we basically have a three-inch LED on the inside, a three-inch LED on the outside. Face-to-face, the ribbon is only six inches thick. And so the biggest challenge with that was fitting power supplies, signal converters, wiring, fans, all those different things in that six-inch space and have it still look, you know, pretty thin as it twists along throughout the length of the ribbon. I was gonna say when so, we talked about the working together kind of thing, they came to you with this this idea, LED, and then is it right? I mean, you came to Dactronics to help out, and then it's and maybe this is something I, I could ask about all the projects, but I mean, us helping you out with either how this gets done, but also things like uh, brightness or pixel pitches and different things like that. Is that kind of what we bring to the table? Yeah, it certainly is. And again, there's serviceability. So on these, on this uh, complexity ribbon, the LEDs need to be front serviceable because mm-hmm. that's all you can get to. And so it's partnering and saying, hey, look, if we have to replace these, if we have to change them, what's that going to look like? And, and working through that and saying, can a technician get to this and, and service it? So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that happens in that partnership process. Uh, as we're figuring it out. Because, again, you don't want this to just work on day one. You need it to work uh, a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and so on. Absolutely. And so have you – and so you kind of mentioned how this is used and some of the content in the facility. And i got to imagine it's – I've seen some of the pictures, right? So I see a lot of chairs next to computer screens. Have you you been there at all uh, for an event? I don't know what to say for esports or things. I know sometimes they rent out arenas and stuff. But have you been there for this to actually see it – Oh, kind of in use for an event at all? I have not. No, I want it. I'm, I'm kind of looking at some dates in uh, next winter to head out to Dallas. Uh, and uh, it's funny you say that because this week I've been looking into trying to get there for an event. Um, <laughs> no, but I've seen video, I've seen picture, and when it's actually going, it's uh, it's really impressive. And, and you do, you see you see the players in competition glancing up at it, you know, looking at that quick, looking at their screen. Yeah. So – you know, they're trying to process so much information. And then uh, this ribbon uh, helps keep them up to date with where they are in the game, the competition, and it's really cool when you see it. Yeah, so so this one's got a curved element to it, kind of yep. a twist to it. A twist, and, yeah. And that, we're help, <laughs> that you know, we were able to work together to make happen. Other one was it the shape of a head. Another one's the shape of letters. So anything kind of outside the box <laughs> there, um, we can work together to, to bring that to life. And I like that you pointed out that you were looking to go to Dallas during the winter. Yeah, that's and, smart. And that, yes. that's smart, too, because if you're going to come to Dactronics here in the middle of – the middle of the United States and South Dakota, you probably want to visit during the summer months. So, um, you know, go go where the weather <laughs> makes it <laughs> makes the most sense, right? But um, uh, and I have been to Dactronics. I was just gonna ask. I, that. went, I was gonna say, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I went in the summer. No, oh, so there you go. I've been to your, I've been to the facility in Brookings. Okay. Uh, and it's a it's a very very cool facility. So, <laughs> and I, I like learning about the history uh, in the in the lobby and and just sort of understanding where it came from. My my son was a uh, wrestler, and mm. so to see that wrestling was such a huge part of the Dactronics history, I thought was really interesting. Yep, you see the mat side scoreboard is in the yeah. lobby there, yeah. and 
There was that about that's kind of like the little museum area of the lobby. It wasn't like right. a museum. <laughs> Got a timeline there and everything. But yeah. I heard, unfortunately, yeah. you had to you had to meet Steve Bayer while you were here. He had to help out with this. <laughs> Well, I did meet, I was with Steve. Steve's a longtime friend. And uh, he took me over and we saw the the stadium for his beloved Jackrabbits. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yep. That's, that's awesome that you got to, got to come to, to Brookings and and experience that as well. Um, Yeah. uh, Looking forward though, we've talked about a few projects we've worked on together. Is there anything you're kind of seeing coming up? Any big projects that maybe you can tease without giving too much away or any, any unique projects that, that you know of that are, that are on the horizon? So uh, yeah, you know, I won't name projects until they're out. Yep. Yep. Sounds uh, good. Please don't. Yep. Company X. We're, We're taking the concepts that we just did together and we're going much, much, much bigger. <laughs> so, uh, okay. working at, at some of the sites that we've mentioned today, and and we have something uh, coming in uh, next year that's going to be uh, tremendously large. All okay. right, so physically large, so a, a massive, massive screen and a massive, massive build. And uh, as much as I'm all, I'm saying, oh, we have a hundred and thirty-seven thousand square foot facility, and blah blah blah. The, <laughs> The piece that we're going to build together next is going to test every inch. You're going to use uh, it all up. <laughs> capacity. Yep. All right. So. We will stay tuned. That's that's awesome. Sounds I'm, like I'm a part, excited. Yeah. part two episode is what it sounds like in a year is what you're telling me. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. That we'll definitely do that. We'll try and get you back on here and talk about that big project uh, once it's uh, fulfilled and and people could see it. Maybe more importantly, once we have actual pictures of it that we could share. So that we talk about it. Oh, so about. I don't have to describe it. Yeah. yeah. The radio. yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. And, and Mike, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to join us today on the podcast and talk about all these uh, cool, unique outside the box projects that we've worked on together. Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. 